Thanks, my God. So, John the Baptist had a great ministry. Jesus said there was no prophet that had ever walked the earth but was greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said, this one that's coming after me, the one whose shoes I'm not worthy to untie, said he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. And the whole purpose of Jesus coming was not just to stop it saving us from our sins, but as redeemed children of the living God to restore us back to that purpose where we are not just made in God's image, but we're like Him. The likeness of God means we're full of the Holy Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit of God. That our spirit is no longer uh, uh, suppressed as our soul reaches out through our flesh, but we are freed and reaching upwards to the living God and that anointing that God places in our life, transforming us into new people. The Lord just wants you filled. He wants out of your spirit to flow that renewing anointing. Listen, do saved and spirit-filled Christians ever get depressed? Most of I see heads bobbing. I know that some people sitting in there, yes, I am one of those. I've been to, do you ever get hurt? Do you ever get knocked down? Do you ever get rolled or mowed over? Those things that happen to everybody happen to us. But the Bible says, though the righteous fall seven times, they get up again. You see, there's a kind of a life, a resurrection life. We were born in the blood that overcame the world and is now in eternity on that, uh, on that heavenly mercy seat, speaking a better word than the blood of Abel, saying we are alive and filled with death-defying, resurrecting life. So we get knocked down, we get back up again. The devil works through circumstance, chips off a little bit of your joy. Well, there's more where that came from. When you think you've reached the end and it's all gone, don't forget the life in you is an endless supply. Jesus said, because I live, you shall live also. Hallelujah. And so we've just praised God for that. That's not my message today. That's just, that's for free. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Um, I did have an announcement that I forgot to make, and I need to uh, make it now. Wednesday night, uh, we normally, ordinarily have call-in prayer. Um, and then the last Sunday of the month, we have that anointing prayer service, that hour of power, come to the well meeting. Well, um, we are changing our format and every Wednesday night from this Wednesday night forward is going to be come to the well here at the church. So we're doing away. We're doing away with the phone calling. It was good for a season. But you know, God, there's something in the air. I've had about a half dozen people come to me this morning saying, Pastor, there's something, something's going to happen today. So I'm thinking, oh, this is awesome. And uh, I'm excited. And then we, we've got a very small group here today. But you know what? <laughs> small things are great when God's in it. Hallelujah. And so I just want to tell you, one of the things that is, uh, is going to be spiraling upwards as we move into God's vision for us for 2019 is we're going back to that midweek, 7 to 8 o'clock, come to the well, anointing, power, gathering. We're going to be there every Wednesday night. So I want to invite you to come, take that hour, come, 
and we're going to spend time in the presence of the Lord individually, then come together collectively and just let the Holy Spirit move and have that time of intercession. So I want to say um, thank you, Hank, for reminding me of that. I think that's kind of everything I need to make by way of announcement. Well, this week is Thanksgiving. And that's one of my favorite holidays. I, I know I, you, you all know I'm guilty of liking food. Um, honestly, I think it's a part of the call. I don't know anybody who's ever a pastor didn't love food. I think when you're growing up, if you love food, it's an indication the call of God's on your life. You're supposed to be in the ministry. Just like an evangelist, if you grab a microphone and sweat pops out on your forehead, you're called to be an evangelist. It's just one of those manifestations. So I love food, but that's not what I love about Thanksgiving the most. There's something, um, and there's something in us called gratitude. The ability to be grateful is distinctly and uniquely part of being made in the image and likeness of God. Um, you know, animals are happy if you feed them or pet them. We have a, we have a wild um, feral kitty that uh, lives on our back porch and we get to touch her and handle her. She just, she loves that little bit of human contact she gets. But they don't have gratitude. We have something called gratitude because we know from whom all these wonderful things. We know where our life has come from. We know where the blessings have come from. And I think the, the worst waste in the world is a human life that doesn't live, thankfully, to the Lord. It doesn't know where to give that thanks. It doesn't know where to lift that appreciation. We feel gratitude, but we, don't, we send it out laterally. I, I, I'm always just kind of a marveling when I see these Hollywood folks on TV and everything, and they just say, oh, we just are, we're just thankful for these blessings. And they don't know God, you know, so I'm thinking, well, who are you thankful for? I mean, where's all that gratitude going? It's just kind of being sent out to the woods and trees, and what are you thanking? The air, you know, and so... We have this thing called gratitude. It's, it's part of our connectability with God. And so I want to just share with you a little Thanksgiving message this morning. Out of 1 Thessalonians, one of my wife's favorite passages among the 1,500 of her favorite passages. <laughs> and it's in 1 Thessalonians 5, beginning in verse 16. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. You say, oh my God, I, I can barely pray five minutes in, every morning. See, you get under the anointing, and it's hard to stop praying. When you have to say that little amen and get up and go to work, you don't stop praying. You just keep praying. You keep praising. You rejoice. Say, I don't know how to start. I don't know how to pray all the time. Well, do the first thing. Rejoice always, and you won't be able to stop praying. Something about getting that joy going. Can you say Amen. So rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Here you go. Give thanks. It doesn't say for everything, because that would be crazy, wouldn't it? But it says give thanks in everything. Give thanks in all things. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. When you don't know what the will of God is, give thanks. That's where the will of God starts. When you don't know what to do, just Begin to thank God. Yes, just begin to give Him praise. Just begin to thank Him. Hallelujah. You just experience the transforming power of the Holy Spirit as you begin to thank the Lord. You know, 
There's one thing you can never have too much of. We're moving into the holidays. Someone before this week's over is going to have too much of something. But there's one thing you can never have too much of, and that's Thanksgiving. You'll notice sometimes that God's turned prayer away. You can pray wrong, but you can never thank God wrong. You can be in a situation, pray the wrong prayer, but you can't thank God wrong. Prayer, Thanksgiving's never wrong. You never hear God saying, okay, okay, that's enough. Can we move on to something else? God never says, you know, it's time to do something else. Thanksgiving is an endless, an endless participation between us and the Lord. Thank God always in everything. Hallelujah. You know, Thanksgiving is the perfect spiritual practice. People struggle to be spiritual. And I understand it. We've lived all our lives in the world. The influence of the world has a, has a kind of a, a carnaling. I think I just made up a, a word. Has like a carnaling effect upon us. But uh, the perfect spiritual practice, when you don't know what else to do, is to give thanks. To give thanks to the Lord in all things. You can't go wrong. Hallelujah. In fact, uh, um, thanksgiving is what the will of God begins with. And thanksgiving is how you introduce God's goodness to bad circumstances. I don't know if anyone's going to be in any bad circumstances this week, but remember this message. When you get in those bad circumstances, you want to introduce God's goodness to those bad circumstances, just begin to thank God. Just begin to praise Him. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They might think that you're crazy, but it's all right. You're an ambassador of Christ. You don't care what people around you think. You're concerned with your your posture, your position with the Father and in heavenly places so that He can shine with you. It's not you and I that we're trying to get lifted up. It's Jesus that we're trying to get lifted up. Nobody's going to come to Jesus because you impress people. Nobody's going to get saved because they look at Antonio and go, Oh, God, that is one good-looking young man. And have you heard him speak? He's so smart. And uh, he's got such a family. He's just a wonderful guy. And, you know, that's all glorious. And that's Antonio. He's in his glory, shining for Jesus. But it's not till Jesus is lifted up that anybody's going to get saved. No one's going to come to God because we're lifted up. So we need to make up our mind that we're going to be a people overflowing with thanksgiving. Someone say praise the Lord. Because Psalm 92.1 says, it is a good thing. Everyone say good thing. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. So giving thanks is how you get good things into bad situations. If you're in a bad situation, you need to, you need to uh, meet that bad thing with some good things. You want to put some good things in that bad situation, begin to give thanks. It's how you inject God's goodness into circumstances that are messed up. You see, thanksgivers are good doers. You're not a good doer just because you go around and uh, uh, you perform acts of kindness. Nothing wrong with performing acts of kindness. But truly, a good doer is someone who gives thanks in all things because it's a good thing to give thanks 
unto the Lord. There's a reason why it's good to give thanks to the Lord. It's because it injects light into darkness. It brings God's good things into a world filled with bad things. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Now, any of you with a little accounting or bookkeeping background or experience will appreciate this. When circumstances around you depreciate, show God some appreciation. When your circumstances begin to go down, lift up some thanksgiving and appreciate God when the circumstances depreciate because the condition of the appreciator will appreciate. Let me say that again. I said the condition of the appreciator appreciates. Can you say amen? You see, when your thanksgiving rises, you follow it. You go where your thanksgiving goes. You say, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, well, it's been a while since you've thanked God. If you want to get into the habit of going somewhere, get into the habit of praising God, you follow your thanksgiving. That's why you never find thanksgivers where you last saw them. God's always advancing them. He's always lifting them up. You never see them in the old situation they were in because thanksgiving led them out. Hallelujah. They follow where their thanks has gone. Your life will follow your thanksgiving. When the world's on fire, what do you do? When the world's on fire, you need to soar with God. That's when you need to get up above those flames and soar. God's calling you upwards. Hallelujah. That's really what was going on with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Their bodies were in the fire, but they were soaring with God. Hallelujah. And uh, God wants you above the flames when the world's on fire. When your world is on fire, God's called you up, hallelujah, to soar above the flames. You know, when you reach cruising altitude, how many have ever flown a plane? You reach cruising altitude, what happens? The service comes out. They start bringing all the stuff out. I'm sitting there. I need to go to the bathroom. I'm hungry. I want some of those biscuits. Bring me a, bring me a, 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 a ginger ale, whatever kind of food. But it can't begin till you get up to cruising altitude. You see, Thanksgiving brings you to cruising altitude. The service don't begin till you get up Hallelujah, to cruising altitude, praise the Lord. That's why some of you have never had heaven serve you. You read the Bible, you hear people testify how the Lord's blessed them, and somebody get up in church and they're all excited, oh, praise the Lord, I, I, I went to the doctor, and uh, they looked at the x-rays, uh, and my cancer's gone. And you think, my goodness, what? You know, I, God is so selective, I don't know why he does that for that person, doesn't do it for that. It has nothing, God is not partial, he's not selective. In fact, when Jesus died on the cross, when he took 39 stripes on his back, let me tell you how selective he was about who he heals. The Bible says, by his stripes, you were healed, hallelujah. And it puts it in the past, it says you were healed because the work was finished. The Lord doesn't have to get up there and flex his healing muscle to heal David or anybody else. It's already been poured out and it's available to us in the atonement. But we need to be thankers of God. We never get up to that cruising altitude so the service can come out. 
and feed that sick body, bless you, minister to you, strengthen you, give you opportunity to get relief and use, use the restroom. You've got to stay buckled into that seat. One thing I've noticed about flying, when you leave the ground, you leave options behind. Have you ever noticed? You're stuck in that tube. The minute the wheels go up and you're up there flying around, the only way for you can't go to Burger King when you're flying. You understand? You can't go to Outback Steakhouse. I, I'm, I apologize to the vegans this morning. But um, the fact of the matter is, whatever you are going to get is on that plane. And it don't come out until you reach cruising altitude. Can you say amen? amen. Now, don't ask me why. I have no, I don't know why they don't let us just grab the chips and start eating while we're climbing. I don't see a problem with it. Um, but at any rate, that's the way that it is, so it fits my analogy. I'm going to use it. You know, people say, I don't even know what to pray for. They get in a situation, oh, I don't know how to pray about this situation, my family, or my job, or I'm, I'm just having a problem mentally, emotionally, and I'm not making light of anything that we go through. But what I'm trying to tell you is all of those complexities, that, that, that ball of, uh, any, you've seen these ball of string, all, you just have to throw it away and buy a new one. You can't undo it, garden hose all wound up and everything. Who in the world put that garden hose away like that? It gets all balled up. Your life gets like that knot, and you just have to, it's, you almost feel like throwing away. I can't, take care, I can't do, deal with this. It's too much for me. But the fact of the matter is that when you elevate, when you appreciate, when you show God some appreciation, you appreciate, you follow your thanksgiving, and it brings you up to a place God already knows what you needed. He's got that thing all straightened out. All of a sudden, that anger you felt, it's diminished. The anxiety you were laboring under, you're like, well, where did it go? I, I, I feel a strange peace. A peace that, what? Passes all understand. What does that mean anyway? It means I don't know how I got to this place of peace. I, I feel peace because you are up there and God has sent the blessings out. And they're going up and down the aisle and God is serving you the blessings. Here's some peace. Here's some comfort. Here's some healing. Here's some joy. You say, I don't know how I got this. All you had to do was get up high enough. You just had to rise up. You needed to get to that 34, 33,000 feet. And out comes the cabin service. Somebody say amen. So God knows exactly what you need. You need to begin to rise up and give him praise. Hallelujah. And thank the Lord. God is the thanksgiver's keeper. Who's keeping you? You ever feel like nobody can help me? I, you know what? My wife, my husband, I appreciate the sympathy. I'm grateful for the empathy. I'm glad for the sentiments, that the cards that are coming in. But it doesn't heal the problem. I, I'm in a situation where only God can help me from, keep me from losing my mind. Now, you, you don't have to raise your hand, but does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so, God is the, the keeper of the thanksgiver. Hallelujah. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, listen to this. 
another one of my wife's favorites. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Now, why do you make those requests with thanksgiving? Because you follow your thanksgiving. When you pray for the answer, if you want to go to where the answer is, you need to thank God. We ask God for stuff, but we never get thankful. You see, thankfulness, not just feeling gratitude, but actively thanking God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you provided for me through your precious blood. Thank you for the peace. And in your mind, you're not thinking, you remember how, uh, remember how uh, Mary said to Jesus, yes, Lord, I, I know my brother will resurrect in, in the last day. We always kick that can down the road, don't we? We always say, well, you know, it's easier to believe that a miracle is going to happen down the road. But what about right now? Jesus looked at Mary and he said, um, no, no, I am the resurrection life and I'm here right now. Yeah. See, she had no idea. She didn't even know it was possible for someone they had dumped in a grave to walk out of the grave. She didn't realize that that could, could happen. She was about to find out. See, with Jesus, all things are possible. But it's people of thanksgiving, hallelujah, that get up with God. So when, back to my verse. By prayer and supplication, let all your requests with thanksgiving be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep, everyone say keep, your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, anyone can read the Bible in Philippians about the inheritance that we have. Anybody can theologically assent to the truth of God's Word or the value of the accuracy of the Word of God and believe, yes, I believe that's for me. I'm a Christian. I believe that without actually expecting to get it, without actually doing any more than just kicking it down the road and saying, well, one day I'll, I'll see it come to pass. I'll see it happen. But the scripture says that when you're about to lose your mind, when your heart is overcome with care and rattled and you're in that situation, and sometimes it gets so bad, you just think within yourself, I wish I, if I didn't have all these responsibilities, I'd just like to lay down somewhere and die. And I could just go to Jesus right now and I'm through with this world. You don't need to raise your hand and say, I've been there. But I don't know too many people that have lived any length of time in this world that haven't had those feelings where it was their responsibility to others or their, the things they were engaged with in life that they hadn't finished that keep them there. Otherwise, sometimes that heart just gets totally beat down. And if you had the choice, Paul said, well, let's see. If I go to be with the Lord, I'm with him. But I guess for your sakes, I'll stay here. You see, Paul... Paul had said in 2 Corinthians, in the beginning opening chapter, he said, we despaired even of life. The great apostle Paul, we were depressed. In other words, I felt the spirit of suicide. I didn't want to live. I lost my interest in living anymore. But listen to me, child of God. There's a reason why the Bible says when you feel like you're going to lose your mind, when you feel like if I had a choice, God help me, I, I wish I could just die. Nobody wants to admit those things, but we all from time to time have felt that way. Hear me this morning. God knew it, and he said, make that request to God with thanksgiving. And the God of peace, 
who literally goes beyond your comprehension will rush in and wrap his arms around your heart, hold your mind in his hands, and keep you from losing it. Are you listening to me? God is the thanksgiver's keeper. I've read the books. I've heard the testimonies of people who've gone through the fire, through these horrible situations in life, and think, just my God, how to, amazing how the Lord kept them. How, how do you get that walk with God? And we have missed it, missed it, missed it. We think you become mystical. We think you become hyper-spiritual. We think you have to rack up a certain level of uh, good deeds. And don't get me wrong, it's good to be spiritual. And it's good to live with good fruits. And it's good to keep bad fruit out of your life. But it is not the doing of good or the accumulating of good deeds that qualifies you for the peace that passes understanding. Hallelujah. The Lord said, I'll rush in and I will rescue the heart and I will restore the mind of the thanksgiver. Anybody can give thanks. My goodness. I remember my daughter when her ear was about to explode with the with an infection. She was one of these kids that just got these ear infections all the time. And the last one she had gotten, the doctor said, you're not going to be able to tolerate one more of these. You get another infection. This eardrum is gone. And all of a sudden, she came downstairs. We had an office downstairs. And uh, I think, honey, how old was she? Maybe 10? 9 or 10? Crying. I knew what it was. Her ear was in horrible pain. Daddy, my ear's hurting, my ear's hurting. And I tell you, I just, I broke out in a cold sweat. I, I just, part of me just said, run and call doctor. I won't mention his name, you wouldn't know it anyway, but uh, um, call the pediatrician, take her to the hospital, do something. You know, when you're a parent, you feel like, I need to jump into gear, I need to get with it, I need to do something. My daughter's uh, uh, ability to hear is at risk. And the Holy Spirit just steadied me. I, 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 I remember thinking, I just need to thank God in this situation. Thank you, Lord. I just begin to turn that gratitude. See, the problem with us is we don't turn to gratitude till the emergency is over. We don't, we don't thank God. Till, oh, thank God. That's past. But it's in the midst. It's in the middle. Of, it's when you're ready to lose your mind that you need the peace that passes. You know, we, we rejoice with the peace of the end of a trial. Well, that's not divine peace. That's not the peace that passes understanding. That's a very understandable peace. But the peace that passes understanding is when God's peace invades in the middle of a battle and breaks down that door and comes in. Hallelujah. And brings comfort and lets you know it's going to be all right. And in that, I remember that moment I told her, go upstairs, go in your room. I'll be up in a moment. I had to put some distance between me and her. I had to uh, give myself a few minutes. I didn't know what to do. I was, having a, I was having a paternal crisis. And uh, she was in her room. I could hear her crying in her room. And I stood outside her room. I remember leaning up against, literally leaning up against the wall, putting, cupping my hand over my face and just saying, Lord, show me what to do. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, so good. He will tell you some crazy things to do. He just said, begin to praise God. 
You see, the Bible thinks we thank God for all things. Well, when the devil's about to rip the eardrum out of the, the side of the head of your kids, you don't thank God for that. That's crazy talk. That's foolishness. There's a lot of wickedness and evil in this world that Jesus died to, to defeat. And you don't thank God for those things. You thank God in them, in the midst of it. When the enemy rises up and uh, tries to push his will, push his way, that's when we look to the redemption through the cross. That's when we look to the upper room and the fact that the Holy Spirit is here. And we thank God in that situation because God has provided the way where there is no way. And as I leaned up against the wall, I began to thank the Lord. And the Lord just simply gave me this little instruction. He said, go in and tell Heather to do what you're doing right now. And so I went in the bedroom and I said, honey, I want you to put your hand on your ear. And so say, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. 1 Peter 2.24 says, with your stripes, with his stripes, we were healed. So, honey, I want you to thank God for that healing. Oh, don't you know, every devil within 10 miles of my location began to scream and howl. I could hear it in my head. You're going to jail. You are a bad parent. You need to do something. Now, I'm not telling you what to do if you go home and your kid gets an earache. I'm, I'm just telling you what I did in this situation. So I begin to thank God. The answer came. The peace came. And so I said, honey, I'm going to go back downstairs. And I said, now, if the pain surges, I want you to just keep the hand up there and say, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. And she said, okay. And I went back downstairs. And I think about an hour went by, and I was buried in some work I was doing, so I forgot about it. You know that peace that passes understanding? You know, you, I could have been criticized for what was wrong with you. How come you weren't down there worrying? How could you just go back to your work? My wife used to say to me, how can you eat at a time like this? <laughs> I, I always think in terms of, well, you never know when the enemy's going to capture you, and you're not going to have any food, so I eat like... I might be a prisoner of war one day. So, you know, ahead of time, I want to eat on credit. So, you know, I, I was down there, and I was just relaxing. I was in that peace that passes all understanding. Um, all of a sudden, Heather comes into the room, just bounds into the room like a typical 10-year-old, uh, 9, 10-year-old, and she said, hey, Dad. I said, yeah. She said, I'm better. Jesus healed me. And now Heather is, what, 43? Never mind. Don't matter. She doesn't want me to. Sorry. Sorry. But I can tell you this. That was the last time she ever had an ear infection. The last time she ever had an ear infection. Never had an ear infection after that. You say, oh, how did you get God to give a special miracle? Well, everything God does is special. I didn't get God to do anything. We begin to thank Him. You see, thanksgiving clears the way. Thanksgiving is the heir of Christ laying claim to his or her inheritance. That's what thanksgiving is. Hallelujah. So when you're about to lose heart and mind over the problems of life, Taking refuge in thanksgiving is what's going to keep you together. 
In fact, you and I need to get into the habit of confronting every situation with thanks. We should go at everything with thanksgiving. Psalm 107 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We always quote that, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom the Lord has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Hallelujah. But listen, that verse, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, follows on after the scripture says, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. But if you want some of that mercy, if you want that enduring mercy, give thanks and that is the redeemed of the Lord saying so. Thanksgiving is the redeemed saying so. When we thank our Redeemer for what He has done, we do so because what He did do is what He will do. Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't change. You say, how do you know what God will do? Because I know what He's done. If you begin to thank Him for what He's done, you can see what He'll do. I hear people all the time running around saying, the Lord is doing a new thing. Well, he may be doing a fresh thing, but he's not doing a new thing. God did everything and then sat down. Jesus did it all, sat down at the right hand. Hallelujah. He's not going to see the need to physically return into this world. Hallelujah. Until that fullness of time comes, when that day comes that he should split the eastern sky and physically return and take possession of the nations. But until then, what do we have? We're not living as exiles. We're living under the blood covenant. And all that he has done is what he's willing to do. He'll do what he has done. Can you say amen? So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Here's the problem. We have people saying so that don't believe they're redeemed. We have people saying so that don't know what they're redeemed from. We have people saying so that have been talked out of their redemption. Saved, going to heaven, have the Spirit of God in their life. But they've been talked out of their inheritance. They don't know that they've been redeemed from certain things. And so they don't thank God for that. But let the redeemed of the Lord say so with thanksgiving. When life wants to introduce you to disease... Thanksgiving to God for the stripes of Jesus introduces that disease to Jesus the healer. I, I want to say that again. I, I don't want to be redundant. But just keep that in mind. Hallelujah. When the enemy comes to rob, Thanksgiving introduces him to the one who gives abundant life. The thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life. How do I get that life? Be a thanksgiver. Here I'm going to close with this verse. You know, if you suffer loss in life, you don't know how to respond. Give thanks to God with the redeemed part of your life that's left, that you still have, because God said in Isaiah chapter 51, therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return. Everyone say, shall return. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. An everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain 
gladness and joy, sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Listen to what God is saying. If you know that you're redeemed, there's no situation that life can push you into that you can't return from. Whatever loss you have suffered, whatever stress you have underwent, whatever perplexity you find yourself in, you're at the end of the canyon and there's no way out. You're boxed in. I want you to know today that if you are the redeemed of the Lord and you know how to give thanks, the Bible says the redeemed of the Lord can return. <clears throat> the devil's boxed you in on three sides. But God can call you right through him. Trust me. You can walk right over the top of his head. God's outfitted your feet with shoes that are for walking on the devil. Can you say amen? amen. The redeemed of the Lord shall return. Is there something this morning that you need to return from? Is there a thing in your life that God has redeemed you from? You can return. <clears throat> from the loss that you have suffered. Blessing can return from any part of a redeemed person's life. All we have to do is be the thanksgiver. Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. The Lord is worthy today. And I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for what's about to happen in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe we can thank God over the circumstances that the enemy has chased you into, away from the blessings that God has provided for you. We just need to get up to cruising altitude. <laughs>